0: We started uh, the new year off, we were doing a series called just starting off the the new year right, and uh, like I've said throughout the series, it just seems there's just kind of a natural flow a natural tendency, the beginning of a new year, to kind of evaluate uh, certain habits or uh, certain behaviors, and we kind of just think, yeah, you know, if we're going to make changes, it just somehow feels like the first of the year, it's just a great time to do kind of a self-inventory and to kind of make whatever changes we feel like need to be made in our lives, and so we've kind of been talking about just some uh, behaviors, uh, some attitudes that really unless we deal with them, really oftentimes can become barriers in our relationship uh, with God, uh, can portray Christianity maybe in a in a bad, negative uh, light. And, and so uh, we've kind of been talking about just what are some of those more common behaviors, attitudes that maybe we really do need to get serious and, and to, to focus on and, and to just ask God to begin to bring change and transformation uh, into our lives. And I know that the new year is already well underway. We're uh, heading this week into uh, the beginning of February. And so I want to think of this series not only as just starting off the new year right, but maybe just starting off uh, the new week, or maybe just starting off the new day uh, because everything we've covered in this series uh, and are going to be talking about are things that really can be applied to every new week, to every new day uh, that God has given to us. And so the topics that we've been addressing in this series, again, are barriers that every one of us as Christians, again, it's, it's, that, it's that battle, it is that struggle, it is that war between our flesh and the Spirit of God in us. And again, just time... there are just times when we need to confront and to deal with those barriers, those obstacles uh, that oftentimes can come as a result of those behaviors and those attitudes and really can affect our relationship and our walk with God and our relationship with one another. And so far in this series, we talked about, again, the barrier of bitterness. You know, what, what that root of bitterness looks like, how it manifests. We talked about the Barrier of pride. Today I want to talk about the barrier of anger uh, and how that barrier of anger really can become an obstacle uh, in, in us fulfilling our, our God given potential uh, and, and God's destiny. For our lives, and what we can do to deal more effectively uh, with anger in our lives. Proverbs 25, 28 kind of gives us some insight uh, into the seriousness of anger. And there it says, If you cannot control your anger, and again, it's not eliminate your anger, again, it's controlling your anger that is the key there. And he said, If you cannot control your anger, you are as helpless as a city. Without walls open to attack. I did some research this week um, on the area of anger, and what I found is the average man loses his temper about six times a week. The average woman loses her temper about three times a week, and it's mostly at men. Um, Women get more angry at people, which stands to reason, and whereas men, we tend to get more angry at things like flat tires, uh, machines, uh, stripped screws, uh, dull razors, things like that. Single adults express more anger uh, than married adults. Men, we we tend to be more physical uh, in the expression of our anger than women. The home is the most likely place where anger is likely to occur. And finally, anger is most frequent and intense towards those we love rather than against strangers. The point is, we all get angry. Again, Proverbs says it's controlling our anger, not eliminating it, it's controlling it, it's channeling it, it's directing it and using it in areas that are helpful and not hurtful, in, in godly rather than ungodly ways. So again, the point is we all get angry, but we just express or that anger manifests itself in many, many different ways. Anger is a very normal human reaction. Even Jesus got angry. The difference was Jesus channeled that. He directed uh, that anger in very godly, and very helpful and productive ways. Ways. As a matter of fact, in the Old Testament, it says 375 times that God got angry. Ephesians 4.26 says, in your anger, do not sin. So again, anger in and of itself is not a sin, it's how do we use that anger? How does that anger manifest that oftentimes results uh, in sin? So again, there's a right way and a wrong way to express anger. There's a helpful and a hurtful way to express anger. There's a godly and an ungodly way of expressing your anger. So the goal today is not how do I get rid of, how do I completely eliminate all anger from my life from this point forevermore. Again, It is for us to be able to express, to channel, to direct our anger um, in non-destructive, God-honoring ways. Again, it's interesting to note that uh, anger is one letter short of danger. Uh, Anger certainly has the potential to become dangerous when we do not express or vent that Now again, there are four common ways. uh, These are the four most common ways that people tend to express their anger. And again, these are learned responses. In other words, you pick this up from someone somewhere along the line. The way you express your anger is a learned response. Some of you learned it from your parents growing up. Some of you from television, from friends, from siblings. Some of you maybe have learned your response your expression of anger from your spouse. Again, we've all learned how to express anger. So I've given uh, what I call the four typical responses of anger. And again, all of us will find ourselves in one or maybe uh, several of these uh, four types. The first type of angry person uh, is uh, the the maniac. And and this is the person that kind of just explodes, I mean, one minute they are fine, they're laughing, they're happy, and it's almost as if someone just flips on a switch, and all of a sudden, they just go from happy to just exploding i mean they're, they're like a they're like a time bomb that just goes out they're, they're just kind of out of control uh, when they get angry, they kind of just let things. Lie, maybe cuss, uh, yell, stomp up and down, they throw a temper tantrum, and it's kind of like just a powder keg that goes off. Typically, this is that kind of a person that tends to kind of just press everything down, keep everything um, inwardly. The, the first example of, of the exploder, the maniac, is Cain, and and he was the first murderer that was recorded in Scripture. In Genesis chapter 4, verses 5 and 8, it says, Cain became furious um, and he scowled in anger. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Now, this is this type of person, the maniac, they immediately regret their anger. When it happens that they tend to become very embarrassed by it, they regret maybe what they've said and done, they will apologize profusely uh, because they're ashamed. Now you may be this type of person, this is how you, when you get in the flesh uh, and anger's getting the best of you, this is how you respond. Or you may know people in your workplace or in your home that kind of, this is their response uh, when they're angry. Second type of, person, uh, the angry person is called the mute. Now this is the exact opposite of the maniac. This is usually kind of the silent type. They're the ones that kind of hold it in, they clam up, they kind of push it all down instead of blowing up. They don't really reveal their true feelings. Oftentimes, they'll deny it. You'll maybe say, are you angry? And they'll deny that they are not angry. They pretend that they're not mad. And again, the mute will oftentimes go to great lengths to conceal how they feel. Now, I don't know if you saw the news story that took place uh, this last week in Middleton, New York, about a woman who left for work one morning, and this is how she left her house as she pulled out of the driveway and made her way to the workplace. When she came home later that afternoon, this is how she found her house, she and her husband earlier that morning had had a discussion about all of the repairs that needed to be done around the house. And they kind of had a disagreement over what needed to be done, what was the order of importance, who was going to take care of it. And there was just kind of some disagreement over um, those kinds of issues. And, And she said, never at any point in our conversation were we yelling, that we were not angry, we were not arguing, we weren't shouting. She said, we were just having a very normal discussion. And she said she was just completely shocked by her husband's reaction. Now again, this is how a mute expresses anger, albeit this is a very you know, extreme example of that. But this is, the, the mute, they're kind of that crockpot version of anger. They're kind of just stewing and simmering, and, and they're kind of just keeping it all inside. And normally what happens is, it will be one issue that, that just doesn't even seem to be A big deal. It could be just a a very small, minor, minuscule issue. And yet it becomes the issue that becomes the proverbial last straw. And then it just all erupts. So maybe the problem, the issue that led to that is very, very small. But it also was, again, there just was nowhere else to push all of the anger. And it all just kind of comes flooding out Uh, This type of person is a person who is very susceptible to high blood pressure ulcers, headaches, tension, uh, backaches, all kinds of things. There are a lot of illnesses that really can be linked to and traced back to this type of response in anger. A couple of weeks ago I mentioned a book by Dr. F.I. McMillan and he offered a uh, book called None of These Diseases. And in it he has kind of identified and linked 51 different kinds of illnesses that really can be caused by this bottled up anger. Know, being emotionally upset and kind of just holding it all in. A good example of this, you'll find it with the prophet Jeremiah. Uh, he was the weeping prophet. And in Jeremiah 15, beginning in verse 17, he says, I stayed by myself. Now, again, th- this is part of that tendency uh, of a mute person. They'll isolate themselves. And he said, I stayed by myself and was filled with anger. And then he said, why do I keep on suffering? So it's manifesting itself in sickness. He says, why are my wounds incurable? Why won't they heal? And Jeremiah is saying, I'm one of those people who kind of keep my feelings, my anger all bottled up. And he said, it's killing me. Have you ever heard anybody say, that burns me up? That's the idea. It's not so much as what you eat that counts as much as what eats at you. The third type of person is called the martyr. This is the type of person uh, who is really a pro at pity parties. They are probably uh, self-punishing. They tend to be very passive. Uh, Whenever somebody uh, gets angry, uh, they'll say, oh, it must be my fault. Uh, What's wrong with me? Their favorite words are, I would have, I should have, I could have, I must, I have to, I ought to. Again, the number one sign of a martyr is depression. And depression really is just internalized anger most of the time. Anger internalized over time eventually will manifest itself in depression, A good example of this is the prodigal son in Luke 15, 28. The elder brother was so angry. Why was he angry? He said, look, I've been been a good son. You've never done this for me. I mean, this brother of mine, he goes and he squanders everything. He disrespects you. He comes back. You throw him a big party. I've been the good son. You don't do anything like this. Again, self-pity. So his father went out and pleaded with him, begged him, come in and celebrate with us. Again, the problem with the martyr is they tend to make everybody else miserable. Fourth type of person, angry person, is called the manipulator. This is the Lee Iacocca version of anger. Remember when he was fired by Ford? His famous line was, don't get mad, get even. The manipulator's approach, their response to anger is is, is the main plot in a lot of television and movies. And that is, I will figure out a way. I'm going to come up with a plan in order to get revenge against you. They retaliate oftentimes in very underhanded, subtle ways, maybe through sarcasm, uh, jabs, just indirect contact. This is a person who may kind of just Burn your toast accidentally. Uh, This is a person who maybe makes you late uh, all the time. It could be someone who who forgets things that you know you've told them, uh, or just someone that teases you hurtfully. They'll say things that, that really kind of cut at you, and then when they see that you're hurt and devastated by what they've said, they'll say, I was only joking. So, again, this is very, very subtle. Religious people, now I'll just be honest with you, I'm kind of a mix of number four uh, and number two. But you don't have to worry about me bulldozing down the house. So, again, um, religious people often, church people often uh, choose this form of response because it just seems a lot more spiritual than just exploding. Again, while I'll be very nice to you, behind your back, I am cutting you, I am, I am gossiping about you. Uh, that's the manipulator's approach, pretending to be nice to your face, but trying to get even with you behind your back. A good example of this is the Pharisees in Luke chapter 6, verse 11. Uh, but they were furious and began to plot that's what a manipulator does. They're, they're plotting, they're scheming, they're planning of how they're going to get you back uh, and, and what they could do to Jesus. The point again being, every one of us gets angry, just in different ways. Again, anger is a normal human reaction. And again, these are learned responses. And the good news is, if, we, if these are learned responses, they can also be unlearned and replaced with healthier, more uh, helpful ways. So how do you deal with your anger in godly ways? Let me just suggest three here really quickly. First, stop and think before reacting. When we get angry, do you notice we are so much more quick to engage our mouth Uh, before we are our brain. We'll just say things without really thinking about what's coming out of our mouth. So when we get angry, number one, you just need to stop and you just need to engage your brain before you let uh, your uh, words fly. A sharp tongue is the quickest way to cut your throat. And again, if you blow your stack, all you're doing is just creating more pollution. So again, stop and think, before you speak, before you react. Proverbs 13, 16 says, sensible people always think before they act. Proverbs 16, 23, again, affirms that. It says, intelligent people think before they speak. Again, because angry words, you notice how easily and quickly uh, they'll come to the forefront. And the key word in anger management is the word think. You've got to stop and think before you respond, you need time. So when you start to get angry more than anything else, you just need to delay your response by yourself some time. I mean, all of us, every one of us in this room can look back at times and situations where we have said or done something in response to our anger and we have immediately regretted it. And, and, and we'll kind of look back on that and think, why in the world did I say that? Why in the world did I do that? And again, it's because we probably did not delay our response. We did not take time to think about what we were going to do. Thomas Jefferson once said, if you're angry, count to 10. If you're really angry, count to 100. What you're doing is you're just delaying your response. You're buying yourself some time. More than anything else, we just need to stop, just take a step back, uh, and, and honestly say and ask ourselves, how do I really want to respond in this situation? Uh, I know that some of you think that when you get angry, you have you know, just lost total control. You can't help but exploding. I just, I can't help myself. Yes, you can. I've mentioned this before. Have you ever just been in like maybe kind of an uh, intense argument, maybe with your spouse, or or you're kind of yelling at the kids. They're doing something, and you're angry with what they're doing, and you're kind of yelling at them, uh, and and maybe you're just sharp words between you and your spouse. All of a sudden, the phone rings, and you kind of pick it up, and hello? Hello? I, you know, again, proving you can control your response. The fact is, again, anger is a choice. I mean, for that matter, every emotion you experience is uh, a choice uh, in that we choose to express it. When you get angry, again, regardless of the reason for it, you are choosing to be angry. Angry. So every emotion, including anger, is a controllable emotion. You can control what you want to control. And the point I'm making here is there's nothing in this world that makes you angry. You choose to allow it to make you angry. I mean, you can take two people, put them in the same environment, same exact situation, circumstances. One person gets upset, flies off the handle. The other person doesn't get upset. They kind of just deal with it and move forward. Two people can be criticized and put down. One person blows up. The other person is able to kind of deal with it and move through it. Again, it's not the events. Events don't make us angry. We choose, we make ourselves angry. So again, if you want to get control, of this area in your life, again, we've gotta stop blaming people. We've gotta stop blaming events for our anger. It's not your wife, it's not your husband, it's not your kids, it's not your dog, it's not your boss that makes you angry. You choose to make yourself angry. It's not the events. So again, for some of you this morning, This just may be the time where you just kind of say, this is the week. This is the day where I am choosing to take responsibility and take ownership of my behavior and my responses. Commit yourself. This may be a great day today to just say, you know what, I'm going to commit myself to not falling back into the old, repetitive, habitual habits and patterns of expressing anger. I am not going to blow up. I am not going to yell. I am not going to scream. I'm not going to pout. I'm not going to swallow and repress my anger. I'm not going to say I'm not angry when I am. I'm not going to be a manipulator. Today, I am choosing to take responsibility and ownership for my actions and my behaviors. Quit blaming other people. Proverbs 29, 11 says, a wise person holds his temper and cools it. Cool it is a biblical term. Second way to deal with anger, take time to relax. Proverbs fourteen thirty says, a relaxed attitude lengthens a man's life. And may I just add that it just makes you much more pleasant and enjoyable to be around. Have you noticed that when you're uptight, when you're kind of stressed out, you're just more prone, you're more open to anger. That's because temper and tension always go together. Again, if you want to learn to reduce your anger, get at the root of it. And again, for some of you, you are just pushing yourself too hard, too fast. Again, some of you, constant deadlines. I mean, you you just live deadline to deadline to deadline, always burning the candle at both ends, running from one event to the next event. And you just got these cram-packed calendars. And again, when we have all of that working all of the time in our lives, I mean, it just tends to bring out the worst in us eventually. So here are a few suggestions. First, just be aware of when the tension is building up in your lives. Most of you don't just go from happy to totally angry, uh, just you know, within a second. I mean, it it, it tends to build and build and build. So be aware of when that tension is rising in your life. And again, when that tension is building, just be aware that unless you do something about it and it just continues to escalate and build, it's eventually going to come out. It's going to manifest itself in some way. How many times have you gone home blown up, you know, and, and just, look back on that and thought, you know, I was really tired, I was really, really stressed out, I never should have, you know, gone uh, to that, or I never should have brought up this discussion, I never should have said that, you know, because I was tired, I was not in a good frame of mind to deal with that. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says there's a time and a place for everything, and so sometimes it's just picking the right time and the right place to have those discussions that need to be had. Um, but again, it's also being wise. There is a wrong time. And it's not when you're both tired and both stressed out to all of a sudden we're gonna you know, deal with a big issue uh, in our lives or in our marriage. Second thing is just learn some relaxation techniques. What are some things that really, truly cause you to relax. I know for me, one of those things is I I like to cook. And one of the things I find when I cook is I I just get totally absorbed in what I'm doing. And when I get totally absorbed into that, I find myself not thinking about the things that are stressing me uh, or the things that are creating tension uh, in my life. I kind of just totally um, kind of just gotten away from that. I'm into something that I really enjoy doing. I I like doing stained glass. I like hunting. You know, oftentimes, again, it's just a great opportunity for me when I'm out there, you know, sitting in a tree stand or in a blind. It's just a great time where you're just away from everything, gives you time to think, and you're just there to be able to uh, relax and enjoy God's creation. So again, some of you just need to find things that you enjoy doing that allow you kind of to escape the tension and stress in your lives. Doctors say that aerobic exercises, I mean walking, swimming, jogging, those are all things that can kind of relieve tension and stress. Uh, So again, for some of you, the most spiritual thing you can maybe do is just kind of take up an exercise program. Again, we live in a very rat race society, and we just need ways to kind of refocus and blow off steam. So again, learning relaxation techniques and just scheduling for yourself time to just relax. Third is develop a sense of humor. This is really important. It can be a big thing in dealing with anger. Sometimes we just take ourselves way too serious. If you cannot laugh at yourself, eventually you're going to find yourself uh, in, in big trouble. Laughter, the Bible says, it, it is just one uh, of those great medicines um, that, that we have. God's got a sense of humor. He, ta- he made you uh, and me. Uh, and again, just learn to laugh. Learn to, you know, laugh at yourself. Be able to laugh at circumstances uh, and, and just Learn to relax and enjoy life with the people that God's uh, put around you. Final way to deal with anger is just continually ask God uh, for help. This is probably the most important thing. Galatians 5.22 lists their fruits of the Spirit. And there are nine, but, but let me just kind of focus on the first four there. So the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and patience. Do you realize that when your life When you have allowed the Holy Spirit to fill you with love, joy, peace, patience, do you realize you cannot be filled with anger at the same time? You can't be full of those and full of anger all at the same time. You can't have love, joy, peace, and patience and be full of anger. You're going to make a choice. Which one of those is going to consume me? Which one of those are going to fill me? Which one of those are going to dictate my response? You choose. If you take a tube of toothpaste and you hit it real hard, what's going to come out? Toothpaste. Take a bottle of ketchup and you just squeeze it over your hamburger. What's going to come out? Mayonnaise? No, whatever is inside is going to come out when it's squeezed. And the same is true with people. When the world puts pressure on you, when those deadlines are coming one after another, when people maybe around you are critical of you, or maybe their their, uh, expectations of you are unrealistic, whenever you find yourself in a squeeze, whatever is on the inside of you is going to come out. And again, God is committed, the Holy Spirit is committed if we will allow, if we'll just invite the Holy Spirit to come and to produce those fruits of love, joy, peace, and patience in us when the squeeze comes, and it'll come, when the squeeze comes, what's in you is what's going to come out. And again, we choose what we want to be filled with, what we want to operate in. That choice uh, is ours. Would you just pray with me this morning? Father, as you just uh, look at our hearts, our lives this morning, Father, you are again very aware of how we respond, how we deal with this uh, very common, very ordinary emotion of anger. And that, God, we know your word says, Lord, that the anger of man cannot achieve the righteousness of God. And this morning, our our heart's desire, God, is we want to honor you. We want to be able to honor and to revere, to respect those around us. And so, God, I just pray, Lord, that you would just continue the good work that you've begun in us. We thank you, Lord. Your word says you are committed to continue that good work that you have begun in us. So, Lord, we just ask, God, that you would just continue to bring forth your spirit within us. That, God, as we just open our spirit to yours, as we open our heart to your heart, that, God, you would just continue to fill us with that love, that joy, that peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the self-control, the gentleness, all of those fruits of the spirit. God, that those are what would be building, increasing, manifesting in us. And so, God, again, we just want to uh, commit ourselves this day, uh, this new week, God, again, to walking more fully in the fullness of your Spirit. And, Father, again, we just thank you, Lord, that greater is the one that is in us, your Holy Spirit, than the one that is in the world. And to that, God, we just open our hearts. We invite you to come. We just invite you, God, to just continue to work in us, uh, to perfect within us, God, your Holy Spirit we just, again, thank you that we can look at the example of Jesus, God, and, again, help us to be able to express and to handle anger, Father, and, and again, just healthy, helpful, God-honoring ways. And we just thank you for all of this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I just invite you this morning, uh, because of our uh, annual meeting this morning, we don't, uh, aren't offering communion this morning. So again, just would invite you uh, to stand and let's just respond to God as we close together here uh, in worship.